Thank you. That's a good job, Will. That's his first time giving announcements. That's great, isn't it? Um, it's really cool. I'm going to move back some so we have a little bit of space here. How are you guys today? Ooh, good. The Holy Ghost is good, isn't he? It's really good. Um, we do want to just welcome all of you guys that are here for the first time. Raise your hand if you're here for the first time. We just say welcome. We don't, you know, we do. We just really want you to exactly what Will said, experience the Lord's presence and his love. So um, it's really good. And I am excited about the life link out here. I told Maya. Um, it just it overwhelmed me when I walked in and saw the tables because I have two babies, I feel like, in my heart for the church, and one of them is worship. It's a pretty big, I love, I'm, it's sort of a, just one of the things that I really kind of hover over a little bit. Right, Jacob? <laughs> um, and then the other thing is I've always really had a real vision for small groups because really the life of the church is in us making connections and, fe- and being in fellowship, in the bond and the unity of the Spirit. And it's really hard for that to happen on Sunday morning. And so I, I just encourage you um, to get plugged in into a small group. You, you won't regret it. You really, I, everybody needs that. So um, I was just really blessed to see that going on out in the foyer. So it's good. So amen. And, um, you know, we had a wedding here yesterday that was pretty amazing. Uh, Venus, one of our, she's Sunny now. Her name, the Lord renamed her Sunny. But it, it kind of um, goes along with my message. We've known her for probably since she was, how old, Jim? 18 maybe? 18 years old, um, she probably wouldn't mind you saying this, but really has a pretty uh, horrific background with her, you know, her upbringing was really hard, and she came to the Lord, and she's been discipled, you know, among people that we've been together with for a long time. She lived, actually lived with Jim and Kathy, and she's just such a real servant of the Lord, and she's been here at River Life with us. We've known her for years, and to see her yesterday, the Lord really um, bringing things to pass. She got married to a pretty awesome man. She's getting two children out of the deal. And, you know, and it was it was really, I just could see the redemption of the Lord in her life. And I, I just want to say that, that the Lord is a redeemer. And, you know, we when you're in seasons that are really hard, you need to hang on to that fact because he is a redeemer. And, um, you know, it was really wild. We were out to dinner with them, and I wish she was here to hear all this, but I was just getting words over her. You know, it was just wild. We were just five of us sitting there for dinner, and it's like the prophetic started rolling through my, you know, and I felt like the Lord said about her is that she had spent years, because she has a gift, a powerful gift of helps, and um, she has spent years helping people. I just, if you know her, it's what she does. She helps you. And um, and I felt like the Lord said to me that He's He in yesterday He was bringing help to her, and that's something. And I just I'm saying that to let you know. Um, right before she came down the altar was um, the song in the process in the waiting. You're singing melodies over me, and you know in this process that we're in of life. And journeying, the Lord is singing melodies over us. And those melodies are his 
his he is in heaven just singing that over us and i could just see that the lord's melodies over her life it's just so powerful and just such a picture of what god does for us and um the lord you know has been speaking a word to me try to get there Woof, just get this stuff rolling and it's hard to stop so um all the other cool thing that he started singing right in the middle of dinner and big old juicy steak Woo, it's good <laughs> Ribeye, that was the rehearsal dinner. It was good. Ivan's and Salisbury, those were great steaks. But the Lord, this is really wild. The Lord started singing. I just, that butterfly kisses. Isn't that something? Butterfly kisses. What's the other one? Da-da-da-da. It's that song that country singer sang about his daughter getting married. It will make you puddle up on the floor. But, you know, the Lord, the daddy was singing over her. That's how he felt about her. Isn't that something? All the years of waiting, all the process that she's been through. And it's a picture of the bride. It honestly is a picture of the bride in the process and in the waiting. And all the things we're, we're journeying through in life. It's he singing melodies over us. And they're these melodies that get us through. They absolutely get us through. And, um, you know, and I just, I wanted, Byron wanted me to preach today. I, I couldn't believe it because of last weekend, but he doesn't care. You know, he didn't care. He made me work some more, you know. So, <laughs> but um, I just, I've, I've tried to press in the, the nuts and bolts of what I've shared. And 82 of you were there, so you've heard a lot of this, but we'll go at it again. Is that okay? Y'all can... Pray it in to the people around you. How about that? We had a powerful time up there. It was we went to a new place called Bon Clarken, which is good, clear vision. And um, it was scary for us to go to a new place because we'd been at this other place for years where the Lord had met us. But last year the Lord kicked us out. It was really wild. Um, we had a, a oh, just last year was just powerful in the Lord in our women's retreat. And um, but we got back and found out they'd given away our spot, which they it's like in the retreat world, they wait to they give you like two or three weeks to decide to have that space again. But they had already sold it out before we ever got there. That was really weird. So we considered it the Lord. We didn't. We wanted to be careful not to put it on them. We just considered the Lord had something else for us and. So we moved it and went to Bon Clarken, and we felt like it was a real upgrade for us. The rooms were beautiful. The place was amazing. And I think all the women, as soon as they got in there, were like, wow, it's great. So we're, we're really happy about that and um, just amazing. And so had an amazing worship team up there. Wow, some prophetic girls going to edit. I mean, we were just, just excited. But. So one of the things, the, the Lord started, has been speaking to me, honestly, for, you know, I preached all last year about the wilderness journey and all that God has been doing in our midst. And if y'all have been around, if you're new, I've, I have to bring you up to speed, but from 2009 through 2012 and even into 2013, we were going through some pretty rough times around here. And it was, you know, it felt more corporate because so many things were happening that were adverse to us. So it was almost like it was, even though the individuals were suffering the most, um, it felt like a corporate thing that we were moving through this time of the wilderness together. And, um, and, and we, the Lord was just 
you know, it took us, it took me a year to try to figure out what in the world we're going to gain out of this. So, um, but the Lord did start speaking, and I'll just give you a couple of things out of that. So the name of the women's retreat was Sojourn. So I say Sojourn. It's so Sojourn. But I'm going to say it Southern way, way. Is that okay? Because Sojourn. It, it is Sojourn, but I'm, not, I'm going to just do it the way I do it because I don't have to think. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, in the, the thing that the Lord spoke to me about for the women is to realize, and I want to give this to you because I really believe it's for all of us, is we have to understand that the Bible was given to us is a handbook that we could see where we are. It's like a compass for us because we are journeying through life. And we, if we don't understand that this is a journey, we're going to miss out on some really important things that God wants to do in us because so many people are wired where they're trying to get somewhere, okay, that they miss the very point that the journey I've kind of formed a phrase during this time is this, I have said it, is this, is um, our journey itself is as much our destiny as destiny is. Does that make sense to you? So many people are trying to get to a destiny. But we, if we don't get the fact that this journey we're on, the Bible's full of journeying, that we're going to miss the point. And uh, God really has done some amazing things in us through the wilderness part of our journey. You know, the wilderness is one of the journeys. Um, one of the big things the Lord started speaking to me about the wilderness is that scripture that says, if the foundations are shaken, what will the righteous do? And I knew instinctively, I knew this while we were in the midst of it, that our foundations were being tested and being shaken. And the Lord began to speak to me about we're in a shift and the, he said to me, well, shifting is sifting, Becky. When you shift, you're being sifted. And so you're found, everything that your foundations, if all the wood, hay, and stubble is being shook out so that we can find the foundation that we can really build our lives on. And that is so much part of the wilderness journey for us. And, um, and so I just have known that, that I feel like the whole body of Christ has been in that season. It's not just been us. Everywhere we went through that time, it was just, um, I mean, people were just baffled at how much adverse stuff was going on in the body of Christ. But I believe our God's good, doesn't leave us to ourself. Um, he wants to deal with us so that we can be on a firm foundation. Our foundation is secure. Our faith is in the right, right stuff. You know, so I believe that's so much part of that wilderness. And um, so I just want, I, I want to talk about that because I'm on it, okay? One of the parts of the wilderness journey is this, that I believe is so key for what I believe. Another is this, is where our self-life is being dealt with. Because really, when man fell in the garden, he fell into pride, self, fell into self-sufficiency. So God really does allow some, in his wisdom, adverse things to come so that we're not hung up on ourselves. We're driven to our knees. We're driven outside of ourselves. We're driven to really see the truth that we don't have it all together. We're not going to make it apart from the grace of God. And that's why the wilderness 
you, in the Exodus, you can see that they were, they were, the wilderness journey for them was a, you know, having to learn to live by the fire by night and the cloud by day. Their utter dependence was upon the Lord. And, um, and I believe God absolutely has taken, his, is taken, has taken his body to that place. We realize we don't have another source. There is not another source to live in, to live by, but by Christ and what he has done for us. And so the wilderness is so much part of that, of coming out of me, getting out of this. You know, I've shared with you all a couple of weeks ago, um, Second Timothy, you know, this is, this is another reason why it's so key right now. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, I'm going to give you bits of that. Don't put it up. It says, but we know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of self. Think about that. That's what's, you know, this all hatched in the garden. Rick Joyner says we got, the, you know, one in the tree of life. We were, we were really meant to live by the tree of life, which is the cross. It's our Savior. It's Jesus. It's Him where every bit of information we get comes from the heavenly realm, the source of life. It's coming from Him. It was never meant. We were never meant to live by me as the source. That tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's exactly what man fell into. And that's, those two trees have grown up and they're growing up to maturity. At the end of the age, you will see it all culminate. So the wilderness is key to get this self-life broken off of us. And I've said it to you before, is grace is really is what puts the axe to that root of that tree because grace is not about, it, it goes into that place where it says it's unmerited favor, it's not about me. I rely on grace. I don't rely on Bible reading. If I put my faith in Bible reading, if I'm putting my faith in how righteous I am, if I'm putting my faith in church attendance, if that's, that's, those are forms of the law. It's no different than putting our faith in our ability to keep the Ten Commandments. Our faith is, that's where the issue is about that. Our faith is in the grace of God that he shed his blood on the tree. He poured it out. We've been given a righteousness that's not our own. I'm not trying to get to righteousness. I'm living from it. That's the tree of life. That's grace. And it's not cheap. It is holiness. True grace is holiness. It burns a fire in us. Burns a fire in us. So I did want to just you know, talk about that wilderness a little bit. Um, I've given you this scripture. Um, it's the Second Corinthians 1, 9. Indeed, we felt within ourselves the very sentence of death, but this was to keep us from trusting in and depending upon ourselves instead of God who raises the dead. So how many of you have been in a wilderness? It's been a season where you just, yeah. Woo. So you see that? Lord, help us get out of this self-dependent stuff that the flesh will always default back there. And that's why God is so after us learning to live from the tree of life. So it's really good, really, really good. Um, so one of those, that was the wilderness journey, okay? I'm not going to go through all those details because there's a lot of journeys. 
okay, in the Bible, but the wilderness was one. But before that, there was Abraham had a journey, and he, this is probably something I really loved. Um, if you could put up Hebrews 11, that would be good. It's 9 and 10. So Abraham was looking for a city, a foundation upon which to build his life. He left everything he knew because he knew there was something he needed to get to in order to have a foundation to build his life upon. And I love this. It says, by faith he lived. Now there's another translation that says he sojourned as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations. Isn't that something? Whose architect and builder is God. That may say it different, but isn't that good? He was looking for that foundation which to build his life. This, that's, what, you know, that's what the journey is about. We're, looking, we're learning to more and more plant ourselves in that city, the city of God, which is Mount Zion, the heavenly city, that's our foundation. And that's what our journey is really about, is learning to be more planted in that city than this, this place here on earth. And it's like Michelle Perry said, she wants to learn to live from part of, living mainly in heaven and less from earth, you know. So that's so good. I love um, this, this scripture too, Wow. Hebrews 11:16 it says in, instead now they desire a better a heavenly country therefore God is not ashamed to call be called their God for he has prepared a city for them this one says instead they were longing for a better a heavenly one it's the same one but here's the next one Hebrews 13:14 for here we do not have an enduring city Here, we do not have an enduring city. So that's really why our journey is looking. We are, we are, we're still, we're sojourning, guys. We're on a journey. <laughs> and there, it's, it's the city we're looking for is Mount Zion. I love this when it says um, in Revelation. <laughs> love this. 21-2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Isn't that good? It's really good. So just want you know, to give you a little short thing about Abraham's journey. That's what he was looking for. He was looking for the enduring city who had foundations, whose maker was the Lord himself. And I believe this is really why that stirs me up. I'll tell you why. It's because I believe that the body of Christ has been in pretty bad shape. And not that I'm down on the body because I love the body and I actually get upset when people start talking about the church or being down on the body. I I don't care what kind of criticism it is. I get upset because the Lord loves his bride. He really loves her. But I do believe we have been 
not we've been we've moved away from our foundations. We've moved away from planting our life upon the rock. And we and being securely planted upon the rock. And I believe God is really in the midst of wanting to change that. I believe that's really why we've been where we've been and we're journeying on and I I totally believe that. He's um I'm excited. I, by the way I want to tell you this, I'm gonna insert this before I move on. Uh, for I went up, I saw feathers falling in that room with the women. I wanted to say this, and they were they were feathers of destiny. See, what I believe the Lord is actually working on us too in this sojourning is He's really beginning to connect some things up for us through the different aspects of the journey we've been on. I believe people are absolutely coming in to things right now. And I'm going to talk about that with crossing the Jordan next. But I really saw that it was good, really, really good, and um, give you some more things about that in a minute. But so understand we're, we're sojourning, sojourning through this life. We're, we've seen Abraham's journey. We've seen the wilderness journey. And the thing that I really felt like that the Lord had up there to particularly key in on was this. I want to say this, though. This is really good. Wendy Alec. Do you all know who she is, God TV? She has written a book. I didn't know it, but she's been through a really terrible time suffering in her body. had no idea. And she's written a book about her wilderness part, that, that wilderness part of her sojourning. Um, is, she said this at the very opening of the book, and it really caught me. It says, as I was writing the introductions to the book, um, it's called Visions of Heaven, I felt the Holy Spirit say, even as this book has been forged by tears, there are many of my sons and daughters whose past season has been forged in tears, in agony of soul and endurance. But even as I have delivered my people Israel from Pharaoh and out of Egypt, I am about to deliver my people from the wilderness and from the season of adversity into a brand new day. She said this, the great sifting is over. Is that powerful or what? Wow. Let's just give the Lord a hand for that. Thank you, Lord. We just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wow. Wow, that's powerful. So, okay, the journey I wanted to get to this morning, because I just, you know, there's lots of journeys in the Bible. I talked about Abraham's journey, the wilderness journey. I talked about the crossing over journey over the Jordan into the promised land, which really what the Lord highlighted up there. You know, but there's other journeys. There is the journey. I'll tell you later. <laughs> so one thing I think is key for us is Bob Jones, you know, he said this. He saw, isn't this something? You know, we had a man of this powerful prophetic man who saw us coming out of the wilderness remember he saw the eye of the lord on us if you weren't here when he got up had a word for us came into the meeting he told byron he had a word for us byron said come you got to share it he shared this word for us he saw this he saw us coming up out of the wilderness and he had no idea what all we were going through he said and he saw the eye of the lord on us it coming up out of the wilderness. And it was, it was like uh, coming out of the darkness right before dawn. So I, I saw that as coming out of the nighttime, and the dawn was breaking, and the eye of the Lord was on us. 
And that was so powerful. And I've got this scripture, Psalm 33:18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who hope for his loving kindness. Isn't that good? And I'd love found this in Judges 18:6. It says, The journey on which you go is under the eye of the Lord. Isn't that good? And what was wild is Hannah Stewart had painted a picture the night before and brought it to church randomly. She's one of our teenagers, and it was an eye. Isn't that something? And brought it the very morning Bob was here, so we knew the Lord was speaking to us. It was pretty powerful. And so, um, but anyway, so I want to talk about right now, this was really the word I felt. Whew, I'm feeling the fire on that. I felt like the Lord started speaking to me a while back about that it was, I'll tell you when, somebody asked me when it started, but I felt like the cross, we were at the place of the Jordan of crossing over. It actually started for me, I'll tell you this, March 1st, last year, when one year before that, we had been in a series of losing people. We lost six people in 2012 between April and December in this church. We buried six. Four of them were 33 years old. And the very last one was Chris Underwood. It was Amy's, you know, Amy's husband, and she was pregnant with their third child. And... Through, you know, and that was, it was the end of December, it was 2012, it was, you know, it, we were just, you can imagine how this church fell. And in the middle of it, our roof had collapsed after spending lots of money to remodel how beautiful it looks, right? Well, we did this twice, if you don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, so we were in a mess. We were in a tailspin. And, um, but one year later... This is how I knew God was beginning to do something. We had a brand new worship leader that came in the middle of that. And it was Jacob, right in the middle. Bless his heart. He came in the worst time and was trying to lead worship. Wow. But he did a great job. I mean, we had to go to a movie theater for eight weeks, and he knew how to do that. Because he had, he's grown up in the church. His daddy's a pastor, and... He knew exactly how to lead worship in a movie theater. It was great. <laughs> but what was really wild is that following year, him and Amy developed the connection between each other. And we could see the Lord in it. It was so outside the box. But at that time, I thought, we got to get outside the box here anyway. We don't understand what's going on. We saw the hand of the Lord bring them together. Is this wild? And, um, and so to, in March... I'll tell you, this is what I, I felt. Byron was standing up the front. He was going to marry them, and the music started. And Jacob was not standing up there with him. He was behind the curtain in the back, and he came out from behind with the children. He had all three of them, right? Was it all three of them? Yeah, all three of them. And the place just melted down. And this word rang out in my, my spirit, redemption. It's all I could feel in the room. It just felt like the, word, the room was charged with redemption. And I knew the Lord was doing a new thing at that point, that he was going to redeem everything that was lost. You could just feel it. And then this theme just started. 
really started feeling like this phrase of crossing over. And then Jen got it for the women. She taught on it one night. And it was just like the Lord was just bringing it and um, so good. So I do feel like guys, girls, women, children, that we're in a season of crossing. We've been crossing over the Jordan, coming out of the wilderness into a new place. And I feel that very strong. I feel it as a corporate body. I feel like there's individuals. You know, you may be in some different places it, you know, individually on the timing of all this, but I do feel like this is a season of crossing over. And, you know, and I looked into some things that I will tell you that actually happened at the Jordan River that are really interesting. Um, so th- it's really good. So we know at the Jordan River that Jesus began his ministry there, right? He was baptized. And so it's a place of open heaven because that's where the Father spoke to him and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Isn't that good? So right there at the Jordan is the place of open heaven. And we need to, I want you to grab on every bit of this when I'm saying it to you. Every bit of it. I want you to take it for yourself. So I believe it is a season, and I think it's interesting because is at Rosh Hashanah was Wednesday night, and I was on a prayer meeting with Judy Ball's intercessors, and it was the new year being ushered in, and there were Jewish people on there. And did you know that this is the year of open heaven according to the Jewish calendar? Isn't that good? Wow. So, wow. Woo. It's really good. It was so confirm- confirming a lot of things for the Jewish calendar this year. So amazing. I was excited about that. So it is a place, you know, it's and, and it's been a place for, uh, you know, we've been in the river and have been baptized in the love of the Father just as Jesus has. And it's, I think there's more. Yeah. Say more. There's more baptism of the love of the Father and identity coming as we cross over this river. This church has not really seen the kind of identity that we think we've seen because there is so much more. We've gotten like a little bit of it. There's an identity that is getting released that we're going to walk in that's going to make us powerful. Powerful. Nothing will offend us. Because we know who we are. Nothing will be make us afraid because we know who we are. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Through our God we shall do valiantly. It is Him who will tread down our enemies. Thank you, Lord. The, this is another awesome thing. I, I love this. You know... The Jordan River is the last major obstacle before you cross over. That was a major obstacle. That was the last one. I'm, and, you know, and, and the Lord said to them there that I will drive out your enemies there. I will drive them out. So it's a place of driving out our enemy. Listen, guys, we are in perilous times. We're in perilous times, but we are not to fear. We are not to fear. We're going, we're crossing over. The body of Christ is crossing over. We're going to live with an open heaven. We're living from the eternal city, Zion, Mount Zion. We, it's our, our God will do valiantly. He will drive out the enemies before us. We had an amazing time up there of intercession that broke out. Byron was sending me Rick Joyner's video of the dream he had. He's had a pretty serious dream about things that could go on in this country. I've had a dream that absolutely 
I couldn't hardly talk. And so I didn't want to watch the video, but I had some time where I was just be still before the Lord, and I felt like he said, watch it, and I did. And so that night we went into a powerful 80-something women in a circle holding hands, storming heaven against this thing that's been coming against the people of God, against Israel, against Iraq, those, all that atrocities going on. We just went into it. It was like Braveheart. You would, it was like, I mean, the shofar blowing, and it was so powerful. You know, and I just felt like we were supposed to get in a circle. And, you know, Byron reminded me that that was part of that word that Bob gave us. He saw us in circles, in great unity, and in circles. And I'll tell you what, I felt something break that night because we were in unity that night against the enemies of God. There was such a powerful unity in that place. And I'm going to tell you, it's not necessarily the certain prayers we pray. It's the unity of the body of Christ coming together in unity in an agreement that's going to drive out the enemies before us. It is not a time to be divided. I felt like the Lord took me. I'll tell you, this is something that happened up there. I saw feathers falling, and it was destiny. There's destiny. Listen, guys, the Lord's been speaking to me about this. In this crossing over, I feel like there's, you know, there is sojourning is the part of your destiny, but there is destiny sitting on us right now. Every one of you, God's calling you forth. He is calling you forth into a new season. He wants to release your identity, your destiny, tell you who you are. And it's not a time to be divided. I'll tell you, this was an interesting thing he was doing up there. I didn't expect this. But um, our core team goes up and prays the night before so we can just have some time to get in tune. And they started praying for me, and I got under such a cloud, I couldn't move. I was just... In that slumber, it felt like that, um, you know, in, when Pharaoh, de- not Pharaoh, <laughs> Solomon dedicated the temple, and they got under that cloud where they couldn't stand. That's where I was, and I had a vision, and it was really interesting. Um, I was taken back to when I was three years old, and I, I, I knew I was about three because I was in a Sunday school class. And I saw those little painted chairs that have the little straw bottoms. I knew I was really early young. And I knew I was standing at Pine Grove Baptist Church in that Sunday school room. And I was a little kid. And then I saw, the sh- I saw Jesus standing there. He was just a huge shepherd. He was big. I mean, like when I reached up to take his hand, he, his hand was like here. That's how tall he was. And I felt like the Lord was saying that he, even back then at my Baptist roots and upbringing, he called me as a child. And that all that he did in my foundations there, he was beginning to connect the dots to even now. And I believe he's doing that in the body of Christ, so it's not a time to be divided. You need to believe that God has used your roots. He's using them. There's value in them. It's like I told him, you know, the law, when God gave the law, because sometimes we, we don't like the tradition and we don't like how the, you know, the traditional church has been. But let me just say this. The Bible's very clear that he even used the law until it was time to get us in grace. The law was holding us until it was time that we would learn to live our lives by grace. So there's value in our roots, in those good spiritual heritages. It was a beautiful thing 
to, to really see the Lord connect in that end. Really powerful. Really powerful. Woo! So, not time to be divided. It's time to be together. Because we have now, we're crossing over into the promised land. Places of, the place, the heavenly city. Place with foundations. Whose maker is God. Ooh, isn't that good? Isn't that good to know where you are, what you're doing, what you're supposed to be? It just it brings clarity to good, clear vision. Good, clear vision. So um, one of the scriptures, Joshua 3, 7, that says this. I love this. Today I will begin to make you great in the eyes of all of the Israelites. Now they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. And so I think there's two things. I believe the Lord is going to begin. He's, he's going to be he's so with us that people are going to recognize God on us. He's going to, they're going to recognize what God's doing in our midst. I think we're already seeing it. I believe we're already seeing great. And the other powerful thing is that he's with us. That revelation right there will carry you and me through every single journey we find ourselves on. That he's with us. God, Emmanuel, is with us. That's what carried the Israelites. So, and then the other thing I found about the Jordan River is really good. This is actually in Second Kings, and it's 6. It's 1 through 7. And the sons of the prophets, these were the guys, you know, there was those prophets were bands of prophets that hung out together. They were hanging out with Elijah. They said, see now, the place we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered and said, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered and says, I will go. So he went with them and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. And as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed them the place. So he cut off the stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. So here is the thing key about this place at the Jordan River. It's a place of recovery. It's a place where the things that we've lost will be recovered. We've lost some things in the river. We have contended for the river of God in this place, but we've lost some things. We've lost children. We've lost husbands. We've lost money. We've lost a lot of things. But I believe it's a place of recovery. And I don't, this is really what I feel. I know there's some things that really never can be recovered on this side. I realize that. But I shared this last year. I know fully when we get to the other side, totally recovered. I believe all the destiny that was lost with life's cut short too soon, when you get there, it will be as if it never was lost. Because heaven wouldn't be heaven really with loss. Now I don't have a scripture for that. But it's what I believe. But I also believe this. As we contend for the city of God. For it has a foundation. has foundations. 
that all that we need is in that city. It's all in that promised land. All that is needed, all will be recovered in our lives as we seek out the kingdom. As we seek out the destiny that God has, I believe that he's able to recover it all. That act is just going to float right back up. Let's take care. Let's take hold of some stuff right now. You want to, Lord? We say right now things that have been lost in this part of the journey, the wilderness journey, and that crossing over, Lord God. We're asking you right now. We pull on it from. I want you to stand up a minute. Whoa! Oh! 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 Whoa! Lord, we are asking you right now for complete recovery. Lord, we believe in that crossing over that Jordan, there's complete recovery in that place, Lord. And I, we want to pull on it right out of heaven right now, Lord, for the recovery of situations, Lord, for the recovery for the losses. Lord, that you, even on this side, could give us things. There may be things that we could never really replace, but you know how, what to do, Lord. You know what to do, God. And we're asking you for that, Lord God, for complete recovery for individuals and for this house, Lord God. For this house, everything that's been lost, Lord God. We are saying let that axe head arise now in the name of Jesus. Let it come right back to the surface, Lord. I want you to just pull on whatever God's got for you right now. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Pull on it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Shoo. Yeah. I think it's really the word of the Lord this morning. Really felt that this morning. It's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Whoo. Good. So let's, y'all can sit back down. We might get another dose of something else here in a minute. Good. So, wow. Mm. Wow. So, here's the other scripture that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Second Kings 2, 7 and 8. It says, And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I'm... Oh, I didn't read it. <laughs> Ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, you've asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, say that, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. And we know it was so. Because what happened was is Elijah was taken up and his mantle fell on Elisha and the double anointed rested on him. And that's really what I'm feeling. That's another strong thing I'm feeling as we're crossing over a double anointing. I believe that there's another wave of his spirit. There's a double anointing. You know, the wilderness and all that stuff and crossing over are qualifying rounds because if we did not get qualified, we would not be able to handle the anointing that God wants to place on us. 
We wouldn't be able to... So many people have gotten anointing and lost it because they had not been refined in the fire. So I believe now is the time for double anointing upon this house, upon individuals, people that have lost. It's now time to recover and gain the double anointing. Stand up on that one too. I want you to get it. So Lord, we're asking you right now. We're asking you to pun this youth. Lord, they've walked through all this stuff. We're asking you for no, double anointing on our youth, fire on our youth. Lord, we cry out, Lord, let them receive that double mantle, that double anointing upon their lives, upon this house, Lord God. Lord, what better way than to see it on our children, operating on our children, Lord God. We desire that more than anything, Lord, is to see them rise up and to fall, Lord, in the footsteps of their parents, Lord, yet with a double fire and anointing on them, Lord God. We call it out, Lord God. We call it out, Lord. They will lead the way. They will take this when we stop and we cease. They will be the ones leading the next part of the journey. So we just give it to them, Lord God. We give it to them, Lord. Whoa, yeah. So Lord, right now we pull on that, that double anointing to come upon this house, upon our lives, Lord. Mmm. Woo, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Lord, we give you honor. And here's the thing about that, though. Mmm. I will say this. Whoo. When that anointing and that fire comes, it's so key. You can sit back down. Is that we don't take the glory until ourselves. It's really about Him. It's really, really about him. So it's, you know, one of the things that Joshua did after they, you know, went across the Jordan. It's the story of how they conquested the land. He gets to the end where they've really dealt with all the enemies. But his last two chapters is dealing with, do not leave the Lord. Stay committed to him. Just such key verses for us because it's so easy after victories and when you're walking in things that you start looking at yourself and getting glory to yourself and then you know what happens you're just right back to the wilderness again you just got to go back through the breaking process again so the lord really does want to entrust anointing and authority to to occupy and and conquest in his kingdom and in the world we live in. So I just want, this is some scriptures that he gave, and I'm not going to get all the way through this, but I think I've given you the main things I wanted to give you this morning. Is he said this in, um, Josh, in Joshua 23:11? He said this, Therefore take diligent heed to yourself. And this is all the victories that have been done. It's, it's pretty powerful what has happened, that you love the Lord your God. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, that's the key thing is that we are people that love our God. That everything we do, we do because we love Him. You know, the, the city we're looking for is because we love the God of that city who is so good. He's 
he's just better than we could ever imagine. So it is so important as we move forward in victory and we're gaining victories that we don't become distracted or take glory to ourselves as he's moving more and more on our lives with anointing and authority that we can keep our eyes on him and say, Lord, just like I love this verse 2, 24, 16, where the people of God answered him and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord our God. Is that not powerful? Far be it from us that we should forsake him. Based on all that he's done for us, look what he's got us through. Look what he's pulled us through. Look what he's done for us. We are living testimony of what God has done. How could we ever forsake the Lord our God? How could we ever forsake the Lord our God? So I believe that's really what I have to give you. I do want to just say to you there are other journeys. I want to give them just... There's the journey of the bride in Song of Solomon. It's the last day church. And she's maturing in love. That's really what that book's about. She's going through qualifying rounds of love. And whether she's going to stick it out and keep going, keep maturing, keep being more committed to him because it's really about a wedding. And then at the end, I love this, in, in the chapter 8 is where you find who is this coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved. Because she's learned through her journeys that the only way to journey is leaning. It's the only way to do it is leaning. And then there were two more journeys I thought about that I gave them up there is that journey, that initial journey that we made to the cross. Do you remember that moment? I was telling them how I remember stepping out of the aisle. And as soon as I stepped out, the Holy Spirit hit me as a child. I was nine years old, saved in a Holy Ghost meeting by accident because we were Baptists. <laughs> I don't mean that that way, but you, you get it. I, I love my Baptist roots, I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm learning to love them more and more, more and more. But at nine years old, we went, me and my mom and dad went to a revival meeting somewhere out in the country. It was a woman preacher. She was preaching the paint off the walls. I, I mean, and the fire got on me. The Holy Spirit fire got on me. I was nine. I knew I was a sinner. I was, I was a little rat. I was smoking cigarettes. I was stealing. And I knew I was a sinner. But that night, that journey down that aisle changed me forever. Changed me forever. You know, and then there's another journey we're all going to make. It's our journey home. We're going to go and be in that city. We're going to join it. Who's found? Who's architect and builder? Well, we're already now, but that's going to be our final. When that, what that verse says that they shared at my mother's funeral, when you take off this earthly tent and you put on the heavenly tent, 
That's going to be a good journey, don't you think? For those of us who know him. So stand up. I just feel like that's what I got to give you today. Uh, there's a lot to try to get at you with cramming in three, three meetings into one. But if you didn't go to the women's retreat, guys and girls, you got it. You didn't see in the kingdom, you don't, there's no loss. You don't lose anything, right? Yeah, Amy's got something. It's just one last encouragement to add on to what Becky said. Um, When I was pregnant with Benjamin and Chris was really sick and um, we had picked out a name that we just liked and we we just were like, the the name was Sullivan. We were like, oh, that's a cool name. And um, but then the Lord started impressing on our heart, Benjamin, his name is Benjamin. And then he gave us a middle name, which was Benjamin Promise. And so that really propelled me to what I needed to have to get through that really hard moment was that God was just speaking promise over us. And I just wanted to add today that Jacob and I have picked out a name for the baby that I'm carrying now. And we just... We had already picked out this name, but we just heard that this is the year 5775, which is the year of Jubilee. And we didn't know that, and we chose the name Jubilee Anthem for this baby girl. So just wanted to encourage you all with that, that it's another thing that the Lord is doing for all of us, is that it's the year of Jubilee so good and so yeah and that good so just take that isn't that awesome open heaven jubilee crossing over to the promised land you know our other spiritual father had the word for us that the best was ahead that all the promises of god were going to come to pass and so it's we're we're sojourners guys we're sojourners and we have so much ahead of us that is awesome so, um, did you want to, you've got, you got, Byron's got, but I wanted to confirm Jackie was already getting the double anointing thing before we ever went up there, isn't that powerful? Yeah. She had that fire in her bones, so it was so good, so amen. Stay right here. You know, I wanted to really make sure we all got the double thing. This morning, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, um, <clears throat> uh, Joseph had two children. He named the first one Forget. That's what his name meant, Manasseh. Because Joseph said, God has caused me to forget all my sorrows. And he named the second one Double Prosperity. Because God has made me fruitful. And I felt like the Lord was saying, if you're going to come into this double thing, you've got to receive this gift of forgetfulness. You gotta forget, and uh, Chuck Moore sent me a text yesterday, and he said I was praying for a man in the wheelchair at a ball game. I believe the Lord wanted to heal the man. He said, but sometimes we get attached to things. And when he said that, when he said when in the in the text, when I read that word attached, it was like a lightning bolt hit my heart. 
And I realize many times we get attached to what we've gone through. It's like Jesus asked a man laying there beside the the pool, "You want to get you want to get up?" And you'd think, of course, he did, but really, sometimes we get attached to our sorrow. Sometimes we get attached to where we've been. And I knew the Lord was speaking to me like, it's time to get out of that. And I believe that's how we come into that double prosperity, that double fruitness, fruitfulness that Becky was speaking of, is by forgetting. And I believe the Lord is offering us a gift today to forget where we've been. Like Paul would say, forgetting what was behind. That's how he would say it. And laying hold of what God has for me, the upward call of God in Christ. I want to release the anointing of forgetfulness, the really the righteous anointing. Lord, we just release that righteous, godly anointing of forgetfulness. Lord, that we would forget where we've been in the sense that it's holding us back. Lord, so we could come into this place of double. Lord, that this season, Lord, we're declaring the season of wilderness is over. We're speaking that into the heavenly realm. We're declaring that, Lord. And we're declaring it's time to forget it. It's time to come into double. It's time to come into the destiny that's resting. And we just declare that this morning over your people, Lord. We bless your people. We bless your people today with this, Lord, that they could move on now. They could let go. They wouldn't be attached to the wheelchairs and the crutches and the heartache of the past. They would be, they'd be able to let it, lay it down at the foot of the cross today. We just release that on them right now. Let the Holy Spirit do that for you. Let Him do that for you. Clear out things. Set things in order in people's thinking today, Lord. Mm. Yes, Yes, the, the year of Jubilee, Lord. This is the year. It's time, Lord. We're saying it's time. We receive that today, Lord. We receive your Jubilee. We receive it, Lord. You're going to redeem our lives. You're going to fix things for us, Lord. You're going to make wrong things right. Lord, you're going to re- release every one of us into our higher level of our destiny, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're not going to be attached to things that you are saying is dead, it's over with. Just let it go and move on. <laughs> I want the women's retreat girls who want to pray to come up. I want um, them to release really what took, what transpired and parted up there. So if you're a women's retreat girl and you want to lay hands on some people, um, I don't know that all 80 can get up here, but it's... Whatever room's up here, it'll be great. Be good. Just feeling burning that you want to do that. I really would love for you guys to come get hands laid on you because, you know, all that stuff's transferable. Impartations are transferable. And uh, we can bring that back by faith and release it to you. You know, it's the way it is in the spirit realm. It's great. There's no time. There's no space. So we can just release things. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, so thank you, Lord. We just say, come, Holy Spirit. Lord, release the fire this morning. Release the fire. Release that fire, Lord God. Release it, Lord, that destiny, that calling, Lord. Just release it, Lord. Oh, yeah, just release it. Whoa, release. Oh.
Oh, yeah. Release that, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Touch funny. Lord. 